Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the president of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, good morning, Bill. It's great to have you back again this week. Yeah, it is great to be back again. And uh, <laughs> it's our weekly podcast. And, uh, it's a, another beautiful, now it's a beautiful crisp fall morning that we're having this conversation. So it's yeah. great. Yeah, and I heard that you've been really busy uh, talking about COVID, of course. It's all COVID these days. Who knew that an intersection of being able to talk about COVID and an interest in sports would have an intersection, which would create demand for me to speak publicly about some of the issues with COVID and sports and other things. So yeah, it's been a yeah. really pretty busy weekend with that. That's good. It's good to be able to share information with people. It is. Well, you know, in my new role as division chair for clinical microbiology, you know, we're going to have, uh, maybe I'll recruit you as a clinical microbiologist after all of this. <laughs> uh, so more COVID this week. You know, last week we talked about at-home collection. Um, and sometimes people will call that at-home testing, but that's not the same thing. And, you know, I thought maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about the difference between at-home collection and at-home testing. And I think this is timely because we've heard that there are a number of tests that are actually going to be coming out shortly for at-home testing for COVID-19. So yeah. do you want to tell us a little bit about those? I'd love to. As you're speaking and as we think about this topic, I think what we're seeing really is the transition to how do we as a society live with COVID, right? That's really what we're talking about. And how can we find better ways to go back to our daily lives while we still manage the presence of this new virus in, in society? And so that really gets to collecting a specimen at home can have a number of advantages in that regard. But there is a difference. So at-home collection really means that you have a specimen collected but it has to be essentially equivalent to if you went into a doctor's office or now one of the drive-up centers to get your test collected by a professional, meaning that for the test to work, you have to have the right specimen uh, that we test. And so that's why we have these tests that have been collected by uh, nurses and other healthcare professionals, uh, often with, you know, uh, hopefully always with personal protective equipment. At-home collection would basically manage to replicate that process in some way but be able to you have, so you have a basically a guided self-collection, oftentimes with like a, a video call or something to that effect um, that would help you walk through step-by-step step what you were doing. So it would be like the professional was there with you virtually versus home testing really is when a patient just kind of collects, they, they would get a kit in the mail, they would collect the specimen and put it back in the mail and have it come back to be tested at a laboratory or you know, possibly even tested right there in their own home. Of course, a home pregnancy test would be a, a classic example of a true home test. The FDA is being very thoughtful about that type of testing because you have to be sure that individuals know how to actually collect the specimen if it's not being guided by a healthcare professional. And for us in the lab, that means that we have to do things with the test as sort of a quality check in the test itself to make sure that the specimen is adequate, that we don't have to do if it's collected by a healthcare professional. 
Yeah, I think that's a great summary. And for the people who listened to our session last week, we talked about the advantages of at-home collection, uh, which is part of testing, as you said, having a patient collect their own specimen. Well, first of all, it's great. They don't have to leave the comfort and privacy of their own home. People have been looking at this for years for other things like sexually transmitted infection testing and talk about just convenience and privacy. You can't replicate that doing it in your own home. But of course, the patients have to be able to follow instructions, whether they're written or on YouTube. I guess the other big advantage is patients, if they're collecting their specimen at home, that keeps them out of the healthcare system where they could get exposed to people that are sick or expose others if they're sick. Even though people often will say at home testing, you know, at home collection is really just that it's the collection of the specimen. But now we're hearing about taking it one step further, whereas the FDA uh, may be close, we've been hearing, to releasing tests that you actually perform at home. So that's kind of the at-home collection plus the at-home testing. Like you said, the pregnancy test. Those types of tests the FDA has always been very cautious about. As you mentioned, um, the patients really need to be able to perform the tests themselves, and it has to be very simple, very easy to use, because clearly you're going to get a result that then could have grave implications for the patient. Yeah, and we have to really be thoughtful also. You know, part of our job as uh, laboratory professionals, you and I both, is to help other physicians and providers as well as patients know what is the right test to use at the right time. And so that really gets to why are you doing the test, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for us, you know, as you were talking, uh, anyone who's had kids or themselves has been sick, you know, your kid had a cough and a sore throat and you were gonna go on a trip, you thought, I better get him checked for strep before I go. And you end up sitting in, a, in an urgent care or at your doctor's office when you have a lot of things you, you'd like to be doing. And that's where you could say, gosh, at-home collection or home testing would be great. And for COVID, that would be, I think I have COVID, I'm sick, I'm symptomatic. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to know if I have COVID. It's important that I don't expose others. So can I just have my specimen collected at home? That is one use. And the tests that we perform for that will have to really be specific to that purpose because someone wants to know if they're sick with COVID. Uh, the other thing that we are hearing about is doing a test to see, I don't feel sick, but I need to know if I have COVID. A great example of that is in the airline industry. You know, as you know, we're working with Delta, and this is now becoming part of international travel in particular, is you need to have some testing to, to at least assess if you have COVID virus, you know, even if you don't know it. And that's really a different use of the test. You're pushing the window. It's more difficult to detect oftentimes if it's someone that's asymptomatic because they might have a lot less of the virus in them, even though they have it. And there again, too, people have to understand in that setting, that a negative or positive test, particularly a negative test, is only one layer of protection. So it's not like I don't have it. So, and I read that masking says is to protect me from spreading to others if I do have it. So now I can go out and don't have to wear a mask. Or now I can go to my airline and not have to wear a mask. And that's certainly not the case. For that type of testing, it's really one layer of protection. It just gives you an added layer of protection in addition to masking and social distancing. So I guess really what it gets down to is you can do the test at home, but you have to make sure when you do that test at home, you also understand the significance of the result and what it means for you.
you know, that's a really good reminder because we have to start with what we hope to get out of testing and how are you going to use that test result, whether it's performed in the clinic or as part of employee screening or you're doing it at home, you still need to know that first of all, it's not infallible. Second of all, it's just a point in time. So it doesn't give you the ability if you have a negative test to then go out and do reckless things because clearly you can get exposed to other people and get infected. I guess also the time point of infection could be important important because if you test someone early in the disease, they could be negative if they don't have a lot of virus present when they take that sample. So it's not a be all end all. We hear of testing and people think it's going to just solve all the problems and get us all back to life as normal, but it's really just one component of what we have. We still have to do social distancing. We still should be wearing masks and really just considering ourselves potentially infectious to those around us. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And in fact, two things that we hear that people are really hanging on to is testing will keep us safe, which it will be a big part of it. And, you know, in a vaccine, once a vaccine comes, then it will all be behind us. And we know that they're both partially correct, but there's other things that are going to have to happen here over the next year to 18 months to really get through this. And it goes back to, again, how are you going to use the answer, right? What does the answer tell you? And, and what, what decisions are you going to make based on that answer? And even going back to symptomatic uh, individuals, it will be great if we have an at-home collection or an at-home test for someone who's sick that they can find out if they have COVID or not. Mm -hmm. It might be for some people that we would prefer that they would come into a care setting to get tested, to get a more accurate test. If you're someone that's at risk, for instance, if you have a lot of risk factors for severe disease with COVID, it might be better for you to actually come in if you have respiratory disease, COPD, you know, asthma, yeah, severe diabetes, we might immunosuppress, we might prefer for those people to come in, A, because the, the self-collected tests are probably not going to be quite as accurate as the ones that were collected by a healthcare professional. And also, you know, if, if, if you have COVID in that setting, it's going to be important that you get supportive care, right? And you might be prioritized for treatment. And so those are some things why. And likewise, for screening purposes, you know, as you said, it's just a point in time. And so a negative result is going to tell you something much different than a positive one. So it's probably good at this point to just reflect on all the different things that impact a test. So we've talked about all of them, but just to reiterate, the point in time of infection, testing someone early before they develop symptoms, we know that people are infectious before they develop symptoms, but if you test them too early, you may get a negative result. But then the quality of the collection, whether you really get that good sample like you're supposed to, or you just kind of insert a swab a little bit into your nose, that's going to really depend on how good the result is. And as we say in the lab, garbage in, garbage out. If you don't get a good specimen to begin with, then you can't trust your test result. Then of course, there's the type of test you're performing. And we know that in general, the rapid tests that use antigen detection methods are not as good as our gold standard PCR tests that detect the viral RNA. And so there's all these different factors. And then, of course, if you're performing the test at home, we're really going to rely on the patients to be doing that correctly. And they, that means reading the instructions, waiting the amount of time that the test instructions tell you to before you say that a test is negative or positive. Am I missing anything? I'm thinking think of all so. the things that impact a test. It's not as simple as you'd think. Well, that's uh, just it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, was, I think really for this, for our conversation today, for people to walk away from is it's not simple. People probably don't appreciate even in healthcare, that's a big part of our job as laboratory professionals is to really help 
providers, physicians and other providers understand how to use testing. It's really not straightforward. And so, uh, you know, people should not feel bad if they feel somewhat intimidated by this and they need a lot of information because it seems relatively simple. I get a test, I get a result, but there's a lot of other subtleties which really drive the quality of that result in terms of your ability as an individual to make decisions based on that test. So um, it's good that we keep talking. Yeah, and we know quality in the laboratory. That's what we live and breathe. Indeed. Well, I, I'd like to reiterate one other point you said, because I just think it's so important. Even when we do have at-home testing available, there may be some patients that you wouldn't want to either just rely on that test or perhaps not even have it performed in the at-home setting if they're at risk for severe disease. Some of those patients really should still be coming into their healthcare setting to see a provider because things like doing a physical exam, listening to their lungs, maybe doing a chest x-ray or a CT or even just an oxygen saturation, those are things that they cannot be performed at home. So it's really going to have to be individualized. I think that's one of the challenging things about this outbreak is we try to write guidelines that apply to the vast majority of people, but there's always going to be exceptions. Exactly. You and I and others in healthcare will stay busy. That's right. Well, it's always great talking to you about, uh, about all of this, Bill. I enjoy it as well, and, and it seems like people are listening, so they must enjoy it too, so that's good. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, and have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.